Welcome, my lovely pack. The day is September 15th, I believe, for me. Let's double check. Yep, September 15th, 2020. And uh, I want to start off by saying uh, sorry for the delay in the podcast. I'm definitely going to try and do one a week. Um, last week didn't go according to plan. I had some uh, drama with... Uh, some personal issues and whatnot, but uh, hopefully that'll be all squared away and we can move on. Um, I'm going to try and sync the podcast up too with something, if you've never heard of it, it's called the Adept Cycle and it's pretty much the rhythmic pattern of your body and everyone's is different and in a 30-day cycle, I think it's the adept cycle cycles every 18 days, right? Something like that, 18 days, I think. So over the course of a month, you're constantly fluctuating, and you fluctuate throughout the year, too, so that the patterns are changing. And I'm going to try and uh, keep in sync the podcast with uh, those cycles because I feel like that's when I do my best work. So... Um, how should we start off today? Um, it's day 984 of 14 days to flatten the curve. And uh, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about coronavirus today because some of the things that I've learned this week have just absolutely blew my mind. Things that, like, I, I don't get me wrong, like, I know where my stance is. If you know me, you know what my stance has been since they created all this stuff in March. And let's not forget, like, they were plugging us with it in October and December. And now all of a sudden they want to pretend like they didn't know until March. Like, nah, man, we knew. We knew what was going on in China in fall of last year. So summer for those of us here in Australia. Um, anyway... So I've been listening to a lot of uh, Pete Evans' podcasts, and if you don't know who Pete Evans is, he's an uh, Australian chef who did a reality TV show, and I don't, I don't know if he's still contracted for the show. He spoke of it like he still is contracted the other day. I'm not sure if he is. But um, anyway, so I've been listening to him, and there's some really interesting points that... Uh, I picked up from listening to him and the people that he's had on and people that are confirming suspicions or, um, you know, lines that I've drawn between two points already. So, uh, let's start off with that. Let's talk about the PCR test. So if you've noticed throughout this entire thing, the goalposts have consistently moved. So, when coronavirus first came out, it was, oh my God, it's so deadly. Oh my God, it's so contagious. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we're all going to die. We need to do this, 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 and this. Now we've pivoted from that. Then, then, then we pivoted into, well, it's not really that deadly, but uh, it's still pretty deadly. And, uh, you know, we need to protect the elderly, elderly, blah, blah, blah. Then we moved away from that because then we started talking about how they purposely introduced coronavirus into nursing homes. So then we moved into, oh, well, now we just need to stop cases completely. 
So this is a very, 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 very important point of this whole charade, this whole illusion, this whole nightmare that we're living in currently in 2020. So when you go out and get tested, and I've said this from the beginning too, I'm, I'm not even sure if I've mentioned it in the podcast. I'm pretty sure I did. But when you get tested for coronavirus, okay, you are only checking to see whether or not a certain strand of RNA is in your lungs, your respiratory system. So, uh, you know, I should have looked up who the um, inventor of this was. But anyway, the inventor of the test that we use to test whether or not you're positive for coronavirus is called a PCR test. And this test was developed by a Nobel prize-winning scientist, and the test's original purpose, this was back in, I think it was the 60s or 70s, the purpose of this test was basically a diagnostic test. So just like when you take your car to the mechanic, they hook up all the cords now, they ask the microchips what's wrong with your car. This is what this test was originally designed for. It was designed to find out whether or not you were at risk for a respiratory illness infection. So, when you go get a coronavirus test, and by the way, they did this back in the 80s with AIDS. They, had, they used the, this exact same test for AIDS, and they consistently got people who were positive for H HIV that were negative, and negative hits that the individual was actually positive for HIV. So, to me, that was a huge red flag because I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we've already not we've you know not only is this test not new, but we've already misused it before for a global pandemic. Because I'm I'm fairly confident in saying we could say that AIDS was a big deal back in the 80s. Everyone on the planet would have heard it. Everyone on the planet would have been talking about it. Then I started thinking, well, how much money do do you think has been put into AIDS research and this and that and the other thing? I mean, I'm willing to bet AIDS has had billions and billions and billions of dollars pumped into it. So there's the monetary incentive for me, because whenever you see this stuff happening in our world, you need to think, all right, well, where's the incentive? What are they gaining? Is it power? Is it politics? Is it money? Is it, you know, just overall overreach, oversight, whatever? And... uh yeah, so that's a big red flag to me that these tests were basically abused during the AIDS pandemic as well. Um, so, yeah, let me talk. I guess I'll, I wrote it down here as SARS-CoV-2. So this is something I really want to harp on people too. Coronavirus is not a virus, okay? The strand of it is all caps, SRS, S-A-R-S, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. Syndrome. It's not a virus. You don't catch it. It's not, I don't know, what's a good virus that we have? Malaria. Okay? This is a syndrome. And this is why I've, I've alluded to this before in the podcast that air quality has a lot to do with being at risk of C-19. 
And this is why the vaccine won't work, because this isn't about whether or not you have antibodies against something. This is about the society today that we live in being so disgustingly physically fit that our immune systems are so low that something this weak can cause such a dramatic reaction from our immune systems. So I actually asked someone I know, because I used to work for a uh, pathology office, and one of the doctors that works at this office studied virology, and I'm pretty sure I've alluded to this before. Um, he studied viruses, and I've asked him questions about this kind of stuff, and he was telling me about how, oh, you know, we've known about it since the 70s, we've always been studying it, we've been doing very in-depth in studies for the past 35 years, it is in the family of the cold, the common cold, that's why it mutates so well, and so that's, so what happens when you get coronavirus, what's going on is that the virus itself, this, the, 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 because it's RNA, it's RNA, all right? The RNA will mutate over and over and over and over and over again to the point where your body's immune system can't even recognize it anymore. And that's why they've said from the beginning, if you have an autoimmune disorder or you have underlying conditions or whatever, whatever, you're at greater risk, which is true. Because if you're already, let's say if you've, you have cancer, you're on chemotherapy, your immune system's already lowered because you're dealing with literally putting radiation into your body, you're going to struggle with the virus. You're going to struggle with anything. You're, you're going to struggle with literally any sickness that makes its way into your body. So this is why it's so important to focus on your own personal health during this whole pandemic because if we were to focus on our immune systems in the first place, this thing wouldn't even be an issue. But unfortunately, in today's society, and having been someone who's dealt with and dealing with mental health, they want to sell to you always in our society that all you got to do is take this pill. All you got to do is vote for me. All you got to do is take this drug. All you got to do is take this vaccine. There's zero personal accountability for you, the individual. And that's why it works. Because we've gotten so flippin' lazy in 2020 that we don't want to change. We don't want to do anything. We're always going to want to take the easy way out. Now, I know I'm not speaking for literally everyone. So, dude, if the shoe fits, wear it. But it's this is... This is really scary to me that something so so simple can make life so complex for us. But anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, I was going with, so I asked him, I said, well, why is it that viruses existed in the first place? Like, what's their evolutionary purpose? And he says that viruses exist because it's the way of the mammalian species putting one another in check. So, like... We give out viruses to monkeys, monkeys give viruses to us, we give out viruses to bats, bats give them out to rats, rats give them to us. It's all constantly trying to balance the ecosystem. So then I thought, 
Well, isn't that, isn't that a crazy thought? Like, we've gotten so lazy and out of shape that the other mammalian species are starting to try and put our... Because let's face it, I mean, humans are the most populous mammalian species on the planet at 8 billion. So it's mother nature of saying, hey, dude, you can't just sit at home, watch TV, drink soda, and eat processed foods. Occasionally, you got to get up, go outside, see that big thing in the sky, the sun, again, and take care of yourself a little bit better. Otherwise, we're going to put your guys numbers in check if you're not going to take advantage of living on earth well then we're going to let another species that wants to so i think for me that's the biggest lesson is that we need to be reminded that dude like it's life ain't guaranteed and it sure as hell not about staying inside and self-isolating and not being with your friends your family and your loved ones and then we can get into that like why is it that these were the taken steps by our government well guess what it lowers your immune system to be home alone all day. It lowers your immune system to not go outside. It lowers your immune system when you wear that freaking face diaper and you're breathing in doo-doo caca breath. The atmosphere is mostly nitrogen to begin with. There's only like 20% oxygen in the air as is. So you're recycling 20% oxygen in that mask over and over and over and over and over again. It's not good for you. Sitting inside is not good for you. Not shaking people's hands. Not good for you. Not standing close to people. Not good for you. Why do we think these old people go to the, the, the shopping centers, the malls, and just sit there and read the paper? Because they want to be around people. They crave it. Do you blame them? I mean, we all know we're a herd species. That's why we get so freaking stupid in numbers. So why we're denying people the essence, the literal essence of humanity is beyond me. But I do know why. Because the more sick they can make you at home, the more likely, more likely you'll end up as a statistic. And the more that they can use your statistic to further their own political power and gain. I mean, since... since since when did, and I, I've always, I've talked about this for years and years and years about executive orders. Executive orders are not a law. So how in the world is breaking an executive order breaking the law? Did I vote on it? And if, the, if we live in a republic, did my politician, did my representative vote on that legislation, yes or no? No. It was an executive order drafted up by your governor and signed into law. Well, technically, not law. But technically, if you don't do what they say, it's technically breaking the law. Here we are, guys. Here we are, folks. Took 200 years. 200 years. Well, we almost made it to 300. We, all, we almost got there, man. And Western, Western society is just falling apart in front of us. And all it took was a virus with a 99% survivability rate. Come on, man. And that's another thing I don't understand about it. It's like, 
I listen to these people talk about how the government lies about food, and how the government lies about its history and its origin, and how it treated Native Americans or Aboriginals, or how it lies about the climate, and how it lies about the environment, and this and that, but yet you believe them on this? If someone told you a lie nine times out of ten, how likely would it be that you would be able to, to disseminate the truth that one time out of ten? You wouldn't. Why, why, if someone came up to me every morning and nine out of ten days punched me in the stomach as soon as I got to the end of my, my driveway, would I keep going out there? Why would I wake up one morning and be like, oh, today's the day. He ain't doing it. I trust him. So why, if you have a proven track record of lying, are you believable? And the media is the same thing, and I've tried to explain this to the ones I care about, because this is the thing that's, it, it, it's really, I've always been counterculture to what's the mainstream opinion. I've always been, and I hate using that word, a conspiracy theorist, because it's a made-up word, it doesn't exist. But I've always been that way, and anyone that knows me knows I've been that way. I've never, more than now, tried to convince those I care about, those I love, to, to change their perspectives because it is that serious. It is that fucking serious. And that's what scares me. Because we're, and I, I'm getting tired of these people in the spiritual community that are saying, oh man, like it's okay. Like we've already won. Like just relax. Everything's going to work out. Nah, dude. Nah, I'm good. I'm not going to sit idly by and watch my fellow brethren, my fellow humans, enslave themselves because they don't know any better, or they don't want to know any better, or whatever. I don't care. When I was in the army, I was in the army to serve my country, even if that person hated America. Even if that person hated me. Because it was about service. It was about so something greater than myself. And every single veteran knows that feeling of something greater than yourself. And I am not going to sit here and shut my mouth and be all, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Oh, yeah, I'll stay inside. I'll, I'll wear your face diaper. Just, yeah, it's all good. Just don't mess with me. Don't hurt me. Nah, man, I, everyone that, if I can go all those years in the military having such a strong opinion, and once again, anyone that was with me knows that I, I didn't shut my, if you ask me a question, you're going to get an answer, period. I don't care what my job title. And everyone that knows me knows that. And I, what I would give to help other people feel that passionately about their fellow human being. What I would give, man. Because I said this too from the beginning. If you think that you're going to get those rights back as quickly as they were taken, you're either incredibly naive and you don't understand history at all. You don't understand how hard it's been to get humanity to the point of democracy, you know, constitutional republics, having freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. You don't understand 
that this is millennia of blood, of sweat, of tears, of sacrifice to be thrown away because you're a little uncomfortable. So you're either that naive and you don't understand history at all, or you're just flat out don't give a shit. And I don't have time for either. Sorry, my computer screen miraculously just turned itself off, which it's literally never done while making a podcast. So, and I'm not going to edit it because I don't care. It's all good. <sighs> anyway, I guess that goes into my little bullet point I have here, subconscious programming. Although, that I wrote that bullet point because it has more to do with uh, imagery and how this guy was talking about how your subconscious, your subconscious processes, I think, what did he say, 20, 20 million pieces of information a second or something crazy like that? And, and your conscious mind only processes like a couple hundred, I think it was 140, something like that. And he was talking about like, this is why the symbolism is so important. This is why Lady Gaga gets up there and dresses like a fucking demon. And yet I have to try to explain to people that she's doing it? No, man, that's art. That's just art. Yeah, that's what the Greeks used to call it when they would rape little boys. Oh, well, that's just like, it's art, man. You just don't get it. You're not hip. And that's what we're seeing with this cuties bullshit. Oh, well, you know, it's art. We want to show what it's like to grow up in a sexualized lifestyle as a preteen. And like I posted to Facebook, you have that guy showing... Well, it was Babylon B. They go, uh, <laughs> I forget what they called the show. It was something really blatant. And it was basically, all right, well, I'm going to shoot puppies in the head so that you can see that shooting puppies in the head is bad. And that's what we're seeing with cuties. It's like, oh, well, here's child pornography so you can understand why child pornography is bad. What? And then, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like playing because I'm I, I I really 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 honestly do try not to judge but humanity's on one trajectory and the other side of humanity's going the opposite direction and I don't want to hear out of anyone because it's a miracle to me how everyone's so freaking morally upstanding that they can sit there and talk shit about Trump call him a draft dodger, call him a misogynist, and call him a xenophobe, and all this other shit, and those same fucking people are going to condone a show where a 12-year-old girl exposes her breast, and the camera is zoomed into their crotch for like 90% of the movie. Dude, if you still have Netflix, I never want to hear a morally upstanding argument from you ever again. Period. Child pornography is not cool. And I said it on Facebook. I think that puppy show, and this is disgusting. This is, this, is, this, this is the kind of stuff that makes me ready to leave this planet. I bet you that that puppy show, that fake parody of a puppy show, would get more cancellations than doing this to living, breathing human beings. Humans. What is this? What are these girls going to think when they're in their 40s? And how is it legal? You know, 
I've said I've said this before. How these people get to sell their children to, to Hollywood is beyond me. It should be illegal. Period. Period. Tell me one child star that didn't turn into a self-abusing, self-harming, addicted to heroin, coke, whatever person. We, we make memes about how bad Macaulay Culkin looks. Dude, have you ever thought about how bad he feels? How much money does that kid have? More than we'll ever make in a lifetime. And yet that's how he feels? What is he repressing? What is he running from? And it's not just him. Hollywood is littered with those stories. And as George Carlin used to say, nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. It's a miracle what we turn our, our blind eyes to. Miracle. What, whatever. Once again, half of humanity's going one way, the other half's going the other. So you guys that are complicit in this crap, enjoy. Enjoy where you're going. I hope you like being selfish, because where you're going, people are insanely selfish. And I hope you're ready for that. You're going to a place where people aren't going to, you're not going to have the loving service of others, people to take advantage of and to do all your dirty work. It'll be just service to self, baby. Enjoy. Anyway. I could talk about polluted air. I'm probably not going to go go there. I'm not really in the mood. I'll say, oh, I'll say this. This is the last thing on coronavirus and the vaccine. Well, it's not because we're going to talk economics in a minute. But that vaccine, and I'm sure, and the scary, the scary part is, some people are going to hear me say this and they won't even bat an eye. It won't even change it won't change their opinion what's, whatsoever. That virus has inside of it aborted baby stem cells. And then I thought I was just thinking now before I said it cuz I was reading my bullet points. They're putting stem cells in it because we've lit Western society, and this isn't, you know what, let me say that real quick too. It's not even just Western society. Everyone likes making fun of Americans. Oh, they're so fat. They're so stupid. All they do is watch TV and eat McDonald's. Dude, this coronavirus shit was worldwide. They sold it to everyone. I don't care what country you live in. The entire world was fat, dumb, and stupid. So don't try and tell me it's, oh, it's just over there, man. Because that's what they use America. Oh, that's not us. That's, that's Americans. As you eat our food, watch our television, listen to our music, wear our clothes. Yeah, it's just us, man. It's just us. You have nothing to do with it. You're totally different. You're so much smarter. Please. Show us poor, dumb Americans how to live. The only, you know, <laughs> that's the truth. The only country that could talk shit 
in 2021 is fucking Sweden. That's it. Because they're the only country that had the fucking cojones to stand up and stick to their guns and not give a shit about what the rest of the world was doing. And believe me, when 2030 rolls around, they'll be, oh my God, thank you, we did that. Because that brings me into this next... Oh, so let me finish with the the aborted stem cell baby stuff. So the whole reason why that's in there is because we've gotten so fat and lazy that just like how the movie stars inject foreskin into their skin, the stem cell stuff, it's like that South Park, and it's, you, it's incredible how often South Park's right, but it's like that South Park episode where I forget the guy, but he had that cooler with the aborted fetuses in it and like every so often in the episode he would like suck down a fetus that's how it's that's why they're doing it because you it's 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 basically humans learning how to beat time and how to beat decay and beat abuse like imagine if you had if you smoked for 40 years and for a year got treated with aborted fetus stem cells in your lungs your lungs probably would heal it w- it would probably like to think about reversing the effects of cancer stem cells are the opposite of what chemotherapy is chemotherapy destroys stem cells replicate replicate and produce unfortunately it takes a living fucking human being a life force to do that and to say I'm better than you. I'm more important than this child that I'm injecting into me. To me, personally, is disgusting. I'm not better than anyone. I'm not better than anyone listening. I'm not better about how I get frustrated at these other people that ain't at the same page. I'm better than no one. There's a saying from the Bible. If you're going to judge others and not live as God, then what standards will God live, judge you by? So I don't, I I try my best. I know I do sometimes, but it's frustration and passion. It's not hatred. It's it's because I care. I care about everyone. I care about these people. I care about the people walking around in a face mask. I care about the people who are going to rush out and get the vaccine. I care. I really care. So I try not to judge, but to say that you're more important than another life to me, and then this this does for the vegetarians out there, this does bring up questions for me about eating meat. But like I've talked to people about, I think the one biggest difference for that, one, I think if an animal is treated with respect and and has a healthy, positive life up until the moment where you kill it and eat it. Personally, I don't see anything wrong with that, especially because these animals that we eat, we've been breeding for thousands of years. Cows, chickens, pigs, goats, whatever. We don't eat things that we haven't used over the centuries, like dolphin or whale or dogs or cats or whatever. I know some cultures out there do. I'm not saying I'm better or less than them. I just think it's a little weird. If you want to domesticate, I don't know, I I don't even want to open that Pandora's box. But anyway, let's move on because I'm getting, 
this gets me really fired up because, I, I, wow, man, wow, does time move fast. <laughs> if you would have told me when I was in high school that we'd be in the point in 2020 where we got people basically becoming one with AI, planting chips in their brains that are connected to a satellite where AI can directly influence your biology, and we'd be at the point where we're... And I, I was into the whole stem cell research back in the day, but I would have never thought that we'd be on a global vaccine, you know, stem cell course. I thought, I thought at some point some of this shit would get put in check. I thought when they started cloning those goats all the time or sheep or whatever it was, that that was kind of, that was going to wake people up. But hey man, I guess not. I guess I need to assume most people aren't, aren't looking up that stuff anyway. So anyway, um, since we're going to talk about money, I'll say this point on America when it comes to Kenosha and I learned recently, so for all you people out there that think that for some reason it's okay to burn and destroy shit because insurance will pay for it, yeah, well, insurance can't replicate my pictures or my letters or, I don't know, I mean, how much memorabilia do you have in your house? Probably a lot. There's probably little items around your house that at some point become irreplaceable. And to say, oh, well, insurance will cover it, that's disgusting to me to begin with. But anyway, all that looting and burning and rioting that you're seeing in the United States, well, the insurance companies have come out and said, oh, well, that's not covered by our insurance because that's actually an act of terror. And you didn't buy our terrorism package, so sorry. And I mean, seriously, who out there has terrorism insurance? <laughs> I don't. I have renter's insurance, and I guarantee it doesn't cover terrorism. So if someone came by tonight and torched our house, I wouldn't get anything for it. I wouldn't. They wouldn't replace any of my stuff. I'd just be out. I'll be gone. Guitar, TV, hopefully we'd all make it out alive. All our pictures. It's gross, man. No one has the right, and I don't care if it's just stuff, you don't have the right, you're not a three-year-old on the playground, you don't have the right to destroy someone else's stuff, because like, well, you don't like them. Grow up. Grow up. And that's the society we've designed, we've, we've glorified, sanctified allowed a bunch of adults of legal age, 18 and over, to act like babies and get their way. And all I can think of is there's no, there's no satiating that thirst. You're never going to give them enough stuff to where they like you or stop. Can you do it with a toddler? Can you give a toddler whatever it wants? Haven't you seen Big, Big Daddy? It doesn't work. And it's not what they want either. And that's the sad part. Most of those people that we see rioting and looting, they literally just want a father figure in their life. That's it. They want the structure. And I'm glad when I was young I realized that too and I joined the army. I didn't like it while I was in, but when I got out I was like, you know what? 
my life could have turned out a lot different. Probably saved my life. Honestly. So, anyway. Let's move on to uh, the economics of everything. Now that we've lost, what was it, 22% of all business in Australia. I have no idea what it is in the U.S. It's probably worse because Australia's answer from the get-go has been to just print money, print money, print money, print money, print money. Here, 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 here. Oh, you're on Centrelink. Here you go. Oh, you're on JobSeeker. Here you go. Here's, here's extra money. Not only are we going to give you your payment that you were getting before, you're going to get paid even more. I agree, America's payment of $1,200 wasn't much. But we're, and we're going to look it up right now, America's current debt clock. usdebtclock.com or .org. <laughs> There's literally a website dedicated to it. I knew we were close. $27 trillion. Debt per citizen, 81000 Debt per taxpayer, 214000 Almost 215000 Let's see. State debt, local debt, uh, geez, yeah, so I didn't even think of that. As we owe that much debt per person for the federal debt, that doesn't even count what our states owe. Unfunded debt slash interest, almost $4 trillion. U.S. total debt, 81, almost $82 trillion. <laughs> wow. Wow. Median income, 34 thousand dollars there it is everyone the country that everyone wants to move to because everyone's rich median income thirty four thousand dollars wow u.s millionaires 18 million food stamp recipients 44 million medicaid 80 million medicare sixty thousand 55 million, or 60 million, 55 million retired. Dollar to crypto ratio, 49 to 1. Paper to silver, 178 to 1. Paper to gold, 89 to 1. Crypto ratio in 2013, 9,635 to 1. They've closed the gap that much in seven years. Guys, these numbers should be like, you should be jumping out of your skin right now. That, that should scare the hell out of people. If, you're, if you have children or you're planning on having children, you tell them, hey, so-and-so, hey, little Johnny, just so you know, we had children and you're being born into basically eternal slavery debt, debt slave. That's what you're going to be. Sorry. Hey, man, at least you'll get to like watch cool TV. And eat really bad food for you. So it all works out, right? Anyway, I wanted to compare because, so, Alan Jones was on Pete Evans' podcast yesterday, and that's where I learned about the uh, what's in the vaccine thing. Um, Alan Jones is a very popular, uh, well, he was a talk show host. Now he has, its own, he has his own TV show. I don't know if they kicked him off 2GB or what. Maybe he's still... 
on 2GB in the mornings, or I, I don't know what. I, I don't listen to anything on the radio because if I don't catch him in the morning, everything that comes out of those people's mouths is garbage. So anyway, he's a very, very, very well-known, renowned, hated, challenged, you know, persecuted uh, personality who he said last week, excuse me, <coughs> he said last week he had 18 million viewers. Australia has a population of 25 million, and this guy had 18 million viewers. That's crazy. That's wild to me. I mean, to give you a comparison, that's like two-thirds of the population, whereas people that watch, like, Tucker's pretty popular right now. I think it's like 4 million people watch his show, 4 or 5 million. I think the highest ratings he's ever had was 7. To give you a comparison on how popular this guy is here. Anyway, I, I love him. I've always loved him. I've always loved listening to him. He always stands by what he says. He doesn't waver. He doesn't change. He doesn't give in to the hate and the persecution that you'll see in today's world. And I just, he, 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 you know, you, you, you look at people's memoirs and stuff like that. And they always say, oh, what motivated you to do this, this, and this. And they'll say, oh, well, I saw this moment. Like the guy, uh, who was it that I was watching? Um, Dr. Kaku. Like he talks about the invention of the rocket and stuff like that. Like that's what got him into it. The moon, the lunar landing, stuff like that. Well, Alan Jones motivates me to get up every day and put my effort and my energy into what I say and do because, like he says, who else is going to do it? And I have no problem, and I mentioned this this morning to my partner, you know, I don't have a problem with people just shitting all over me. I don't care. The truth is the truth no matter what. It has its own frequency, its own vibration. It resonates in its, in its own way. And David Icke's talked about it. Back in the 90s, when he came to the United States, he had like eight people show up to his conference. That guy had over 100 million live viewers on Twitter not too long ago. 100 million imagine what his, that's why they that's why they took him off all his social media because if he, if he has a hundred million live viewers what is his audience i would say it's a factor of 10 so a a billion people listen to him and read his content and di i'll say that digest his content anyway so alan jones was on and he talked about how the national debt in Australia because of coronavirus now is $1 trillion. To put that in comparison, America is like 20 times the population size of Australia. And Australia has 127th of the debt. I mean, these... They're, what I'm basically getting at is that Australians need to understand right now that you're not only in the same boat as America, you may even be sinking faster. It took us wars 
to waste all that money. It took us fake Republicans like George Bush and Dick Cheney to get us to that number. So, uh, to have that kind of debt this fast, whoa, man. Once again, people should be jumping out of their skin. Their eyeballs should pop out of their head when they hear that number or read that figure. If that doesn't sober you up, I, I don't know what will. And like he says, if we don't start getting the economy going again, dude, we're at the, the middle class has always been their target. It's always been the elite's target. Because what is the middle class? The middle class is just barely comfortable enough so that you can read. You can read. You can be educated. You can be informed. That's why they want you poor. Poor people are easy to control. Period. And the more that gap grows, the easier society will be to manipulate. And the only country, the only fucking country that has made money from this pandemic, lo and behold, China. A few weeks after signing a trade agreement that isn't even that unfavorable, for fuck's sake. It's literally fair. A fair trade deal with the United States. Oh, we got you. Don't you worry. That was their response. Oh, you think we're going to let you play fair? That's why I get so pissed. If you're in the spiritual community and you don't see China and communism as a threat, you're a fucking idiot. And here, we, here I go judging already. But I hope you understand that they're not going to let you have whatever it is you believe in in their world. All you people out there that like to dress really, you know, extravagant, uh-uh, not there. Not where everyone's the same. So, I, I do, I honestly do, I think their hand was overplayed. But the overall apathy, complacency, what's the word David Icke always uses? Acquiescence. The overall acquiescence of society has really sobered me up. And it's told me, like, dude, you need to get moving. You need to start really working at whatever it is you want to do. Because if you leave it up to somebody else, you're done. So, with that note, I'll start to wrap it up. And uh, God bless everyone. And uh, stay woke. Stay watching.